Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home-brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible, quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com and enter the promo code CINEPUNKS, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you get 10% off your order. Another great sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. It is the premier spring screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also maybe the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them at xlvacx.com. And now it is time for the setup where we have our getting to know you question and learn more about one another. Um, this uh, question was come up by Julie just a couple hours ago, actually. <laughs> um, and it is very applicable uh, to our movie this episode. And it is, tell me about your worst boss. I have had so many crazy bosses that I have the belief that you don't get to be a boss until you've gone crazy. And as someone who now is a boss, I'm a little worried, but small scale boss. I've worked for a lot of, I own this company, I do what I want kind of guys. <laughs> and uh, I won't mention one of my crazy bosses, a local Lawrence promoter, but he was definitely a trip. Um, but I will mention, I used to work at this uh, company that did like knock off Tommy Bahamas was kind of their main deal. Like menswear that you might find at jc Penney's, bass pro shop that sort of level of place and the the guy that owned it was just a complete wacko he would do things like just call me into his office and i would just have to sit there for hours while he cleaned his office just to be there i guess for emotional support <laughs> but but his his most impressive move is that one day he went to the airport and he parked in the loading zone and left his car running and the doors open and got on a plane. He was an absolute maniac of a guy. Like you can tell that in the eighties, he was just on cocaine constantly. <laughs> in fact, because we did, we did knock off Tommy Bahamas, but also like graphic tees. And so we had designers who were constantly drawing little cartoons to put on the, on the shirts. And some of the designers were a little more sheltered. So you would end up with things like a, um, a margarita with olives in it because they just didn't know how cocktails worked. <laughs> but one day they drew an iguana with a with a shot glass of tequila and then a coaster in front of it with a, a pile of salt. But that's not what it looked like. <laughs> and everybody was on board. Everybody's like, we're making this shirt. And I finally had to be like, excuse me, Doug, that looks like a pile of cocaine. And he just lost it. And he was like, it does. I used to party with that iguana. <laughs> Uh, fun guy not a great boss how about you who are your crazy the, bosses that's the best line i've i've heard in ages <laughs> which re 
remember I used to party with that iguana. Um, <laughs> when I was uh, in high school, I worked for the Renaissance Festival uh, in Kansas City um, nice. behind the scenes um, for like my junior and senior year as a uh we were the group of kids who would cook those gigantic turkey lakes that you get. Um, if you've been to a Renaissance fair, I'm sure you've had one. Um, I would recommend you don't. Um, <laughs> not going to go into details. Um, but um, my senior year, like I like worked a couple weekends and I was like, listen, like, hey, I can't do this. Like, I've got like too much school stuff going on. It's my senior year and everything. And they're like, hey, you're the only person who returned from last year. We need somebody who knows what's going on and like how to do all of this. Um, we're gonna make you the supervisor. Um, like you can cut out like instead of having to be here from basically like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, you can cut out at like three because like the end of the day is just like basically clean up and all of that. And I was like, that's totally cool. And they're like, we'll pay you more money. And then what ends up happening is we had uh, the, the, a supervisor, his name, um, I will not say um, for fear of legal repercussions, because I'm going to say some <laughs> bad shit about him. Um, anyhow, what happened is uh, we had like the boss of all the food things. And we had like the boss who like would make sure that like, we did everything. And he was in charge of like all the guys who drove trucks around and like took food to different booths. Um, he was insane. Um, he was also having sex with our boss. Um, so like we, like nothing would happen, but like he had like incredible, like, um, like anger issues, like would like lose his absolute mind. Like if stuff wasn't get cooking fast enough and everything. And, you know, like he did things like, um, to keep the gigantic, um, trailer, the refrigerated trailer going near, uh, where, uh, uh, we, cooked all this stuff there was um also a diesel pump to put in the engine and keep the cooler running uh he opened up the grill oven that we used and sprayed diesel on it to get the fire going harder which is definitely a violation of all kinds of you know food regs and osha yeah. and things like that <laughs> what ends up happening General safety practice i go home one sunday my uh i had stuff going on and so like instead of me going to pick up my brother my parents did and my Parents come home. My, my, my brother goes, so um, we all quit today. And I think they assume you quit, too. But you probably should let them know. And I was like, what happened? Well, what happened is like our boss got into an argument with one of the drivers. And like there had been problems where he had like yelled at people and screamed and like started throwing shit around to like make sure people like to get people to like move faster and get stuff done. Well, he got into an argument with one of the drivers. The driver told him to go fuck himself. And then he put a tire iron through the dude's windshield. Uh, he was immediately ah. fired. Um, I went to go turn in my like parking pass and badge like after school one day. And the woman who runs it is like, Hey, so here's the deal. Since everybody quit, if you stay, we will pay you $15 an hour. This is in 1996. That is like $50 an hour today. Yeah. I mean, not really, but you were a teenager also. So it probably yeah. felt like it. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, like you let him get to this point. I was like, no, here, but bye. Thanks. Like I, this is fun, but, and they ended up like, I think they, they, pulled kids and adults from like other places paid them more bought like a new piece of equipment so it was easier to run <laughs> and i was just like well that's i guess something good came out of it um but yeah that is my craziest boss and it happened when i was like 16 so uh, everything since then really has been much like it's, it's a very low bar to clear to be a good boss <laughs> yeah <laughs> for me
Yeah, I think I'm just a crazy boss magnet. But, you know, keeps things interesting. Now it's time for new night new nightmares. Why can't I talk today? This is our roundup of trailers new to streaming, coming to theaters, and all kinds of news. And it's a little light this week, which is kind of refreshing because it's been a, it's been kind of a big load of news for the past few episodes. Um, however, this may help you plan an upcoming summer vacation. Um, there is a there's a company called Onset Cinema that uh, lets you see movie screenings of cult favorites and horror classics where they were filmed. They've done um, like definitely like where you can see Friday the 13th at the, the camp where they filmed and everything. But in Argyle, New York this summer, um, you can go. That was the setting for Camp Arawak. Um to see a very special screening of the 1983 slasher classic Sleepaway Camp. Um, it's two back-to-back events, Monday, June 19th, and Tuesday, June 20th. Um, you get to enjoy an entire day at the camp with swimming and kayaking, a filming locations, walking tour, a screening of the movie, and then you get to stay overnight in a tent, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, you only get 30 spots total per day. I'm sure it's probably almost already sold out but um no it, uh, as of this recording uh tickets still exist um other upcoming things from onset cinema include um in july you can see the strangers pray at night in kentucky where they shot that um silent night deadly night in heber city utah halloween six in salt lake city utah the lost boys in santa cruz california um, and um yeah, you can see all kinds of there's a bunch of different stuff, um, but go check it out, uh, including uh, not horror related. But in December, they are doing a screening of Home Alone in Oak Park, Illinois. Oh, I am fine with all of those except the strangers. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> no, that's too scary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that sounds like super fun. I've seen video of some of their past events and it looks like people have a fucking blast. It sounds amazing. I'm gonna have to do one of those someday. All right, next bit of news, and I mostly put this on here, I'm going to be honest, selfishly, because I need someone to explain to me why this is happening. (laughs) For some reason, Blumhouse is remaking Speak No Evil, starring James McAvoy, which is cool, he's cool, but why is this happening? This movie just came out in 2022, it's Danish, well, it's the Danish and Dutch, European generally, but it's in English, mostly, and there's no, you know, a lot of times when a remake happens that quickly it's because it's a foreign language film and people don't like to read subtitles and whatever treat yourself to a little reading with your movies but but i don't understand why this is happening it's also if you've seen have you seen it nick i haven't seen it yet it's like it's on my like watch list on shutter it is such a european story that i don't think americans would do this what happens in the story is basically these two families one is dutch one is danish meet on holiday they become fast friends on this little vacation and they decide 
we should meet. We should, uh, you know, we should have you over sometime to our country. You know, the sort of thing you say, and then you never expect to actually get the invite. The invite actually happens, and you probably never expect someone to take you up on the invite, but they do. And then, of course, it's fucking awkward, but it's more than awkward. It's also really dangerous, and it goes really, really badly. Um, I just don't think Americans do that, though. I feel that like- does not seem like us. I feel like the only way you could make it work is if you made it like super Midwestern, like if you set it in like Wisconsin or Minnesota or something or like Iowa, like where it's just like a super like Midwestern nice thing. I feel like that's the only way you could work it and more into it. It has to at least be Midwestern people that go visit because the whole thing, like it, it only spirals out of control. Because the Danish family stays so polite in every moment. Like, I'm a super polite person. It is my brand and my calling card and my most proud piece of myself. And every moment of that movie, I was like, dude, leave. What are you doing? Go. You, it's not rude. It doesn't matter. Take your family and go. And, you know, fair warning. If, this is on Shudder, I think, right now, the, the original. Um, if you do go watch it. The end is so brutal. Like, I also have to believe they're going to tame down this ending because they always that's do. A, that's what we do. <laughs> I mean, I guess for people who watched it and the ending was just like, that's too much. Maybe, maybe that's why they're, you know, why the remake. I don't know. I'm still going to watch it because I'm very curious, but I just don't understand why it's happening. Also, James McAvoy, always worth seeing in everything. Uh, but yeah it already has a release date august 9th 2024 so yeah uh, it's happening happening it's happening regardless of whether you want it to or not yeah uh i am so excited about this and i really need to get an order made um TerraVision, uh the reissue label from uh ryan of Grayface records uh has recently branched into um blu-rays they've been doing it for a while but now they have their own official label and everything like that uh it is co-ran um or ran to an extent by brad henderson who used to work for vinegar syndrome which means you know it's got good shit but uh it's uh evidently already ready to go and all of that um but shipping to customers on may 1st is linnea quigley's horror workout on blu-ray um i'm sure you have seen clips um it is both an aerobic video spoof and also kind of a slasher um it's i've seen bits and pieces here and there it's super fun um it is like maybe like the pinnacle of Linnea Quigley as well just being like very self-aware and all of that and add an as an added bonus uh when they were putting this all together they found all of the original uh soundtrack that's and so they're putting out the score on vinyl uh so you can and there's a t-shirt and all kinds of crazy packages you can get um at terror-vision.com um and it's like 25 bucks which is a pretty good deal for a blu-ray with a I ton of extras ordered this the minute i put it on the outline i was like this is fun and then i read it and i was like i'm just gonna order it i just i think i'm just gonna order this i have to have it i mean it's got commentary from the director kenneth hall and linnea quigley and it's moderated by brad henderson uh also uh i love the fact that like buried in the list of things is that you know they cleaned it up and all of that but you can watch like what is essentially like a vhs transfer with like shitty audio too which i nice. feel I saw a thing online earlier today where it's it's like a a TV movie that they put out on DVD that also has all of the original commercials from the original broadcast. 
and amazing. I, I love this idea. Like, I know there are, co- I own a couple of Blu-rays that have like just the VHS version on it, like complete with like tracking errors and hissy audio and everything. And it's like, it's such a fun experience. And there's nothing more delightful than happening upon a vintage commercial on something that you've taped, like finding an old VHS and putting it in and seeing a commercial that you're just like, wow, things used to look so different. It hasn't even been that long. All right. Next up. Let me make sure I'm in the right spot. This apparently hit theaters while we weren't looking. I didn't even know this was coming. So it's it's in, I'm going to say it's in theaters now, but I kind of doubt that it's in any theaters near you because I don't know how widely it opened, but it is from Paramount and it is the Oregon Trail. Oregon, not Oregon, but it is about the Oregon Trail. Um, the trailer, look, it, it's very, looks like a Western. Um, It's set in the late 1800s. Abigail and her family fall victim to a ruthless gang while making their way across the Oregon Trail. As the only survivor, only survivor, she will do whatever it takes to retrieve her one earthly possession, her family's horse, from the clutches of bloodthirsty bandits. It it looks good. It looks well made. I, westerns aren't always my thing, but could be cool. I couldn't gather why they're calling it the Oregon Trail, but... I, I guess that's why you got to watch. No idea. Um, digital release May 12th. Um, I mean, I will probably watch it because it ha- does have Zoe de Grand Masson, um, who you recognize from Orphan Black and Riverdale. Um, I, uh, and also like a ton of like horror folks in it as well, mm-hmm. like Clee Bennett from Jigsaw and Sam Tremel from uh, True Blood. Um, I mean, like, that just basically kind of sounds like a much more violent plot of true grit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I don't hate true grit. And yeah. I don't hate Zoe de Gramasson. So, um, yeah. I mean, if it Give hits, it a chance. Like, streaming, streaming, um, I'm sure it'll end up on Paramount Plus, which I still don't have because I yeah. no, no more money. Yep, same. So weird that they snuck it in on us, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, coming in June to theaters is the boogeyman uh which is a feature length adaptation of the Stephen king short story um from uh scott beck and brian woods the folks who wrote a quiet place and um yeah and also megan's uh akella cooper um we got a new trailer um yeah the the short story um is like 20 pages long uh and it is just now like a huge movie um uh a classic horror movie in the mold of poltergeist uh says savage um about it um and he wanted to inspire a the childhood fear that and terror that he got reading king's short story as a kid it really does look scary and this poster is super scary it's just like stairs leading down to darkness with two golden eyes and then the tagline it's not real it's not real it's not real good one very good one yeah um also uh also has david desmalchian in it um and produced by sean levy um stranger things Ooh, yeah um i'm i'm in um i think a Mm -hmm. lot of people like i heard that they were making like the boogeyman and i was like are they remaking that really shitty movie um (laughs) That I own on a dual disc with also Boogeyman too. Um, but yeah, only <laughs> theaters June second. 
Yep, I'm excited for that one. All right, next up, we should just start having Vampire Corner because vampires are having such a moment this year. They're bad. Which is that? Do you think that's because of the pandemic? I feel like vampires are often sort of a sign of pandemic-y time. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, no, crazy. I, like 100 viruses. I, I, yeah. I feel like they they make a good like viral um like them and zombies like they kind of yeah. bounce back and forth. Yeah, and we are in vampire period now. Next, next up on vampire trailers is the last voyage of the Demeter, which is I believe a Bram Stoker novel, if I am not mistaken. This will be in theaters on August 11th. Um, it's it's on a ship. So that's kind of cool. That's a cool different thing. This film is based on a single chapter, the captain's log from Bram's. Okay. That, that answers it is that. 10 from... pages long. Wow. They really stretched it to a movie then. Like that makes <laughs> the boogeyman like literally, you know, twice as long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the chapter tells the story of the Russian schooner Demeter, which was chartered to carry private cargo, 24 unmarked wooden crates from Carpathia to London. The film will detail the strange events that befell the doomed crew as they attempt to survive the ocean voyage, stalked each night by a terrifying presence on board the ship. When it finally arrived near Whitby Harbor, it was a it was a derelict. There was no trace of the crew because they were all eaten by Dracula. Uh, I guess technically, okay. So, like, I pulled out my copy of Dracula, uh, like, when after I saw the the trailer for this before renfield last night <laughs> nice which was which was hilarious um i'm like oh because they say the name dracula in it and like the 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 number of laughs that went through the theater that uh were pretty funny so like i pulled out my copy of dracula actually um the entire story of like how they f- find the demeter and all of that is like 10 pages long and that includes like the four pages that are the actual captain's log nice. um, although it 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 is a bit of a lie. It's not that there was no trace of the crew. When they actually find the ship, there is a man lashed to the um the ship's wheel with with like um crucifixes wrapped around his hands. Nice. It's Hopefully they squeeze great, that in there. I hope it's they a do. Good it's image. A really awesome image. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It also, funny. might be worth noting that uh, Javier Botet will be Dracula in this. Ooh. Also, uh, for for those who have seen the trailer, um, and as you pointed out in our show notes, uh, I cannot like I also cannot believe that it took yes. this long for someone to use bullet with butterfly wings in a vampire movie. Like that song's been out for what twenty five years now. It's like, did Billy just finally sign off on this one? Like, sure, fine, use it in a vampire movie. Fine, I'm just a joke to you. I feel like that's that's what he said as he signed the deal. I mean, he's got a new there's a new Smashing Pumpkins album coming out. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's got to get a little bit of extra money uh, to pay. It's a triple LP, so probably has some uh, recording cost offset. Yeah, they don't go halfway, do they? Uh, speaking of trailers with uh, interesting musical choices, um, just this morning, um, uh Sony Pictures dropped the trailer for Insidious, The Red Door, which is uh, out in theaters July 7th, um, and it is the final chapter of the Lambert family saga. Um, uh, The very short uh, synopsis is, to put their demons to rest for once and all, once and for all, Josh and a college-aged Dalton must go deeper into the further than ever before. Um... 
I had to oh, read a lot to understand this because I've only seen the first Insidious oh. movie and didn't really care for it. So wow. um, I, I was like very this. confused like by this Insidious trailer. Movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. Um, it looks really scary. Uh, but um, on, on, on the uh, weird song, uh, interesting song choice tip, um, they use Tiny Tim's Tiptoe Through the Tulips. That is because that is used in other Insidious movies. Oh, see, like now I'm learning things. Yep, that's callback to oh, either the second or the third one. I can't remember. I haven't seen them all. I think there's just one that I haven't seen, so I should go back through them. But I, I always found them really scary and good. And you know, they have Lynn Shay, love her. Mm-hmm. Rose Byrne, she's great. Patrick Wilson, who I believe is directing this one. Yeah, directing this one. So I, I'm excited. For all of you Insidious fans, I know some people maybe like either didn't enjoy it at all or liked the first few and then were like enough because that's how <laughs> series get, but franchises get. But I'm here for it. Yeah, maybe I'll go back and watch them. There's there, there's it's always nice to have like something in the pocket to be like, OK, I'll give it another shot. It has mm-hmm. it has been over a decade. So, yeah, maybe my tastes have changed. You never know. <laughs> cool. All right. That's really all we've got on our little news roundup. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers. Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh huh. That sounds familiar. Yeah. What? Renfield, bring in innocent victims. I want a handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders, and I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place. Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter? It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No! No! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. To most, I am Baracula. Okay. Obviously, we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Now, let's eat. So for our feature presentation this episode, we are talking Renfield, directed by Chris McKay. In this modern monster, modern monster tale of Dracula's loyal servant, 
Nicholas Holt stars as Renfield, the tortured aide to history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula, played by Nicolas Cage. Renfield is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding, no matter how debased. But now, after centuries of servitude, Renfield is ready to see if there's a life outside the shadow of the Prince of Darkness. If only he can figure out how to end his codependency. Um, I saw this. I think this movie is very fresh in my mind because I saw it last night. Um, shall we start at like the beginning with the introduction? Yeah. I uh like the the movie does a really amazing thing in that because it is produced by Universal. Um. That means that they use footage from the original 1931 Dracula with Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage put into the film playing like uh the char- the characters of Dracula and Renfield originally like played by Dwight Fry and uh Bella Lugosi and it is amazing to see Nicholas Cage do Bella Lugosi. He nails it. He really goes. I mean, Nicolas Cage goes for it in every opportunity for anything. But yeah, he so so I saw this about 20 movies ago because this was the opening night film of Panic Fest, which I am still in the midst of. And uh, there couldn't be a better crowd to see it with. Just absolutely everyone was 100 percent in and it made it so awesome because this movie is hilarious. It's hilarious. It's it is the the most like splat stick movie I've seen. I mean, like in years like this is like they use bloody explosions, limb removals, um, stabbings, shootings, decapitations, et cetera, so on and so forth, like mm-hmm. as as just like gags. Um, yeah. And they just gouts and gallons of blood in this film yes yes and like action movie style fight scenes except that then also arms get torn off and and you know the things used to dismember people and kill people are often hilarious and they're and you know and what the synopsis doesn't mention as far as people who are in this is also aquafina who is just quickly becoming a favorite of mine her delivery and everything her deadpan is so good and she was so perfect in this as well she's featured at least somewhat in the trailer mm-hmm. i you see like i think in the very last rent like official trailer before the film came out you see ben schwartz in it and i was like oh cool he's in it i didn't realize he was going to be like one of the main four characters like yeah like I didn't realize that he was basic. He's basically kind of like Aquafina's antagonist, uh, uh, like as Dracula is to Renfield. And it's just like, how did you like? And he's, uh, I mean, like he's always great playing like a smarmy, uh, like dick. Um, it is essentially if uh, Jean Ralphio was part of a crime family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, it is, it is definitely. I mean, like we're talking about like all of the actors here like i mean these are all people who have very strong comedic backgrounds Mm -hmm. yeah and you know you see a lot of people kind of selling it as a nicholas cage movie but this is a nicholas holt movie and he carries it so perfectly like i was like after the movie i turned to my friends and i was like is nicholas holt my favorite horror actor because he might be my favorite horror actor right now in this moment because i love the menu so much and i love this he's just leaning in and having fun 
And I really like it's so funny to just like kind of see how his career has grown because I mean, he's been like he's only 33, but he has been in like a slew of like fantastic films. He's in Mad Max Fury Road. He's in X-Men First Class and several of the other X-Men movies. He's uh, obviously in the menu. But like, I mean, like he started out like his first like kind of role that I think a lot of us came to know him in was Warm Bodies, Um, Mm -hmm. like playing a zombie where he doesn't really like have a lot of like speaking. It's all like having to emote and stuff like that. Um, I'm very excited, <laughs> like what he's doing, like because he's yeah. he's really good in this. Yeah, he's making fun choices. You know, some you get to a level of you're in things like Mad Max and then you know big big blockbusters, and you're and then you still are willing to come and kind of take on this silliness is exciting. And it is like very much like a very silly silly movie. Yeah, like. If you were expecting a traditional universal monster Dracula or, you know, anything serious, if you were expecting elegant, sophisticated vampires, don't. (laughs) It's not what you're going to get. You're getting, you know, Nicolas Cage at his absolute Nicolas Cage-iest and, and, you know, Renfield shopping at Old Navy (laughs) and redecorating his apartment in, in pastels. Like, it's. It's just, it was just delightful. It was such a great way to start off Panic Fest for me, even though it was kind of just opening night for the movie, really. It just happened to coincide with Panic Fest, so they tied it in. But yeah, it just set the tone of fun. And yeah, I want everyone to see it. It's so fun. I already saw one of my friends give it like a two and a half stars on Letterboxd, and I was like, why do you hate fun? Yeah, exactly. Who are you? Here's the thing. This is This is a vampire movie about mm-hmm. Dracula that is a direct sequel to the 1931 film <laughs> like the filmmakers have 100% said it that features in a cameo at the very beginning as a priest who gets full on fucking exploded William Ragsdale like mm-hmm. uh which uh I was like god that dude looks super familiar like why do I know like and you know you do the thing where you go to Wikipedia after you get out of the movie and you're like ah on the nose um Love it, love it, love it. Also, um, I think as a, a good example of the tone, and we were talking about this on uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, there is there is a full like series of ska jokes in this movie. Yeah, there is. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, there is. They are, they are anti ska jokes, uh, but they are they are from like they hit real close to home. I mean, they are anti ska jokes, but they're the kind of jokes I feel like you have to love ska to be able to make that joke. I never thought I would see like a major studio film with like uh, this movie has a $65 million budget and they are, there is an extended scene where they make, they, they mention mustard plug and the voodoo glow skulls while a, uh, and then like very shortly thereafter, like uh, the slackers uh, song uh, same every day is playing in the background. <laughs> I'm like, what the, I, Apparently, there's, there's, there's also like, a scene that was cut where they're skanking. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And then there's, so there's like, graffiti. be on the lookout for that DVD. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, isn't that the music that's like 99% horns? No, well, you actually did. I don't <laughs> oh my God, why am I still like that? Uh, 
when you see the movie, you'll understand that bit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it it is it is a movie that one hundred percent. Like I, I'm not gonna say like it is meta or like, but like they definitely acknowledge the fact that the tone was taken from what we do in the shadows. Like they, yeah. they took that as an inspiration. But it is self aware for sure. And I, I. But I think, like, given the whole, like, plot of, like, trying to, like, with a support group and, like, trying to overcome, like, narcissism and gaslighting, I think the idea of it being self-aware is very important because, mm-hmm. like, the movie is about becoming self-aware, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I think it's such a funny thing to uh, think of Dracula as being narcissistic and to think of Renfield as being codependent when really he's under a spell, you know, but... But when you boil it down, isn't that what all codependency is? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is like it is definitely um, it hits like a, like it is equal parts um like horror comedy action um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that's what really makes it work and makes it so much fun. Um, not for nothing. Like I saw this on Tuesday night. On Monday night, I finally watched Cocaine Bear, which is again a very similar movie, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like hitting that like uh three legged stool sort of thing. Like it's just like I I love the fact that movies are just like oh we can be fun and we can be bloody and we can also there are points where you're just like ah like you get like the yeah. scene there there are some like the the dracula's headquarters in the abandoned new orleans um hospital like is legitimately a creepy spot the basement of the lobos house is really really uncomfortable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is and and cocaine bear is the same these are films that you can take your horror averse or you know i like a little horror but not too much friends and family you know it's they're safe. There's enough laughs that no one's going to go home scared. It, if someone hates gore, you're out of luck here. But <laughs> it's all fun gore. It's not realistic, per se. It's just blood spraying everywhere in ways that it never would. You can't cut someone's hands off with a serving tray, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, If we know any physicists or doctors, I would really like to know the possibility <laughs> as to whether or not that can actually happen. Um, Please don't myth bust this, though. <laughs> only theoretical <laughs> uh the the support group um i feel is just oh man i really I, i'm not gonna say like oh i want an entire movie about them but i would definitely love if they put this out on blu-ray like i want to see all of the extra stuff that was cut out of that because there's the mm-hmm. banter amongst that group is top-notch yeah yeah, and the guy leading it, and I should have looked up this actor's name, and I kind of will try it while I'm talking here. Brandon Scott Jones. There you go. He was so perfect. He was such a, you know, it, he just fit, like, who would lead something like that, and the, his his comic timing on it was so good. Yeah, I don't recall if I've seen him in anything else. Like, he's obviously been on stuff. He got, like, nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for Ghosts, which is a show I know I should see. Uh, I haven't watched that either. But it is um, like just everybody in this movie really like uh, does the correct comedy thing where they kind of play it straight. 
Mm -hmm. this is this is very much like you know aquafina is playing it like as a cop who's like trying to get her man um it you know obviously like there's quips and stuff but i mean like she is like a a cop who's like trying to uncover corruption um yeah i i I don't know how to say this. I feel like there are points where Nicolas Cage like kind of gets the the thing, but there are points where he gets like a little too Nicolas Cage and starts doing like that Caster Troy thing from Face Off where it's a little too like <laughs> like and that didn't quite work for me. Yeah, yeah. Um so I just for whatever reason clicked over to Twitter while we were talking and you had tweeted I don't know if you've seen this yet. You had tweeted about why has In Defense of Scott not commented on this yet. And they have replied here because I, I sent you what they had said about it. And they said, the beauty of that tweet is that director Chris McKay responded and told me the writer responsible and that there's an unreleased skank cut. This begs the question, is there footage of Nicolas Cage skanking? Oh, God, I hope that I hope the answer is yes. Oh, I will buy that Blu-ray so fast. <laughs> <laughs> And I have a new reply gift for everything. Yes. <laughs> be, be nice to have something that's not just um, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Scott is who I am. Scott defines me and Scott is who I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you can, I think anybody listening can tell like how much we really, really uh, enjoyed this movie. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm glad you're not the two and a half stars on Letterboxd person for this. Cause I didn't think you would be, but it would be sad for me to be like, isn't it great? And you'd be like, no, <laughs> no, it is. Um, like It's a great, it's so much fun. It is legitimately like a movie. Like I am stunned. It's not doing better. Uh, I know it had like a flopped technically. Yeah. I it mean, got like, beat by the Pope's exorcist. Which yes, that's that Russell Crowe push. And I just, I don't understand, like, because I saw the trailer for this, I was like, oh, I'm in. Like, I yeah. mean, like, this is 100%. And, like, it feels like horror Twitter was really talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to, like, a bunch of people. Like, I literally, after I got out of the movie, I swung by work and I was just like, you all need to see this. Like, Yeah. As I was telling you before we started recording, last night outside of the Screenland Theater, I convinced a couple of teenagers to go see it who were just riding by on some scooters. They're like, what should, you know, what should we, I'm like, go see Renfield. You'll love it. Yeah, I'm hoping based on, like, the number of people who were at the screening I went to um, last night that there will be, like, a bunch of people. Like, because it seemed like everybody got it. Like, there were, mm-hmm. like, laughs when there should have been laughs. Um, like, like, a lot of oohs and ahs. Um, and it seemed like everybody really had yeah i actually need to watch it again at home or something because the laughs were so much and the reactions were so much that i missed stuff i was like wait they're saying more i can't hear it because you're all laughing so much (laughs) so i know i need to watch it again and in order to fully see it yeah um i would really like this is this is i think a movie that's probably like i would love to actually like just double feature this with cocaine bear um oh yeah like where it's just like two movies that are just like splattery, funny, like have just like great lines. Um, yeah. I was finally getting over my one big issue with Cocaine Bear, which is that that's not what happened. 
I, I was <laughs> letting that go until somebody told me that they met people who do think that that's what happened. And I was like, no, it's okay to have fun with the story. But the fact is nothing actually happened. The bear ate cocaine and it died and that's it. He did a lot, a yeah. lot of cocaine. But it didn't uh, murder anyone, just itself. Yeah, it's very sad. This yeah. is, this is, this is. But cocaine bears. Cocaine bear, the movie is not sad. It's very fun. No. Uh, and the bear is the, the bear is the hero. Uh, that movie is uh, Renfield, directed by Nicol- by Chris McKay, uh, and starring two Nicholases, uh, which is always <laughs> thumbs up from this Nick, um, is in theaters now. Go see it so it doesn't tank and we get more of this stuff. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what else do you recommend that folks watch? I recommend, um, th- despite my uh, how much I just enthused about um, William Ragsdale being in this, I'm actually going to re- recommend the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Um, this came up on Twitter the other day where somebody was just like, can you believe that we got like a $35 million Fright Night remake that has, like, it, it has, of all people, it has Tony Collette. I forgot she was in there. She plays the mom. Like, yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it's it's amazing. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. it's better than the original. It's just different and it's fun. And mm-hmm. uh, anything with Anton Yelchin in it, you should see because there's not a lot. Um, yeah. But that's available uh, to rent uh, digitally. Uh, and my other suggestion is another weird sort of horror comedy. And that is My Best Friend is a Vampire. Um, the 1980s movie starring the dude who played the best friend on uh, House. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's quirky. It's got uh, Rene Abergenois in, in, in it uh, playing uh, sort of like another vampire. It's It's kind of silly. It's kind of dumb. I kind of love it unironically um it's a very charming calm like good like underrated 80s like horror comedy nice what do you got i have two movies that became shows in different ways which are and i i'm recommending the movies specifically in both cases what we do in the shadows and buffy the vampire slayer although for what we do in the shadows i feel like the show does go also with this vibe the buffy the vampire slayer show has a totally different vibe um, but you can rent what we do in the shadows digitally. Buffy, the movie is on HBO Max, or maybe it's just Max now. I don't know. They're going through something. Not yet. <laughs> going through a change eventually. Um, but they're both just fun, silly vampires. Just vampires being silly, and those who wish them harm. In the case of Buffy, Christy Swanson has gone completely insane these days, uh, and is very right wing. It's um, unfortunate. Uh, it's super unfortunate, but that movie is flipping great. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so those are our recommendations. It, let us know what you think about Renfield. Yeah. If you didn't like it, tell us why. What's wrong I with would, you? I would really like to know if you don't like it. I would love to hear like a really good sort of like analysis of why it doesn't work for you. Um, yeah. Because I wouldn't under, I would need that. Mm-hmm. Explain yourselves.
So now it is time for I'll Be Right Back, where we talk about uh, the stuff we got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, what do you have? Well, as I mentioned, I am still in the thick of Panic Fest. Um, it was a an intense weekend. Let me just pull up how many movies I have seen in person. I believe it's 20. I want to tell you the right thing, though. Yeah, it's 21 films I have watched in person since Thursday in, in the theater and uh, six films I've watched virtually um, in addition to some shorts. So my brain is a puddle of horror goo. I got two more in person tonight and then I'll try to watch more virtuals. But man, I'm running out of steam. I took the whole week off to do it, but I am running out of steam. I've got three reviews up on Downright Creepy. I've got one more coming out tomorrow for Kick Me, which is a real weirdo horror filmed in kansas city kansas about the weird stigma of kansas city kansas that i really want people who don't live here to watch because i want to know if it plays to people who don't understand what people who are from around here think about the area (laughs) um but so just, just real quick some of my favorite some of the standouts to me um a movie called black mold which has a lot of the team that did the stylist a few years ago I thought was really good. That's the top one. Um, what else did I review? Sisu. Sisu is not something I'm normally super into, but a lot of you are going to love it. It's basically if John Wick was Finnish and murdering Nazis <laughs> and, and you know, and, and an old dude and more, I think it's more brutal or more ridiculously brutal than John Wick. Having not seen a John Wick, it, it gets pretty ridiculous. Um, Gosh, what was the other one? I don't know. You'll find it. There's good stuff out there. Um, just so many good films this year. So, you know, you can kind of keep an eye on my Twitter. Follow me on Letterboxd for my lists of the things that I've seen because there's some very good stuff. How about you, Nick? What are you up to? Um, I'm just trying to like watch some weird things that have popped up like on Shutter and Screenbox that I've never seen like trying to fill like this has been like sort of my thing as of late is just trying to like watch movies that have been like on my to watch list for like decades in some cases like I finally mm-hmm. saw Devil in a Blue Dress last week nice. I was just like oh this has been missing from my life since 1995 that's unfair um why didn't i watch this uh so like things like Witchfinder general and stuff like that i'm gonna try and check out and just have like some chill like hang out watch movies at the the house uh things um although uh the day after we recorded our last episode i had originally made plans to like i do work for cadabra records um and they're having the nightlands festival the first weekend in june and i was going to go to that and then i crunched the numbers and to do a three-day weekend in jersey uh like flight hotel all that stuff uh plus you know assorted travel expenses and whatnot was going to cost me like two grand (laughs) yeah and I went to my wife on Monday night. And I was like, I can't justify this. And she's like, I really do appreciate you. Like, like I'm like, I'm not trying to be a martyr. And she's like, no, that's cool. Like, I appreciate Like, if you could have come up with the money, I wouldn't have stopped you. But like, that seems very responsible. Uh, and then immediately bought a weekend pass and booked hotel room uh, for Crypticon. So um, much closer, be- much closer. No uh, flights. <laughs> that way, uh, we've I have learned my lesson from trying to do things in Kansas City and then come back to Lawrence and that drive really cuts down like it will kill one. Day. I will lose a day because I'll just mm-hmm. do it. No. So I got a hotel room. Uh, so I will be there. I will try to have merch and stuff uh, to hand out 
to all you fine folks if you're there um yeah that is what i am that is i mean like that's several months out at this point but that is that is my goal of trying to like plan and see like what all sorts of fun stuff and who all is going to be there yeah i'm gonna try to go this year too i've never been even though it's right here in my city i don't know why i've never been it's one of those things for me with cons i am like so i have to pay money to go in and shop that's always the feeling I have about it. So I usually talk myself out of it. But like, I mean, this is my jam. This is 100% something that's made for me. So I should at least check it out. It is always cool getting to see like Q&As and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like I went the very, I have not been since the very first year, which was a very, which is like a decade ago. But like, I got to see like a screening, uh, like they showed return of the living dead and then like linnea quigley and a couple other folks like involved in it like came up and did like a chat for like and did like a q a for like half an hour afterwards like it's it's a lot of fun to get to see stuff like that but yeah. um i want to say like a weekend pass like um if you get it for friday night and then all day saturday and sunday it's like 70 bucks which is That's like not, not, not terrible for like a, a a con that has like they've got a really good list yeah yeah i think maybe multiple years they've had joe bob and other yeah kind of stuff like that it should be fun if you're in the kansas city area check it out if you're not maybe it's worth a trip if you like horror that much speaking of merch uh we've got stickers um we just got new stickers like uh we haven't gotten rid of the old ones and i was just like oh sticker mule had a new sale so now we have uh in addition to like the sort of rounded square ones we've got uh circular ones with uh new design uh, if you want to get like a twofer, uh, email us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com and we'll give you an address. You can send a self-addressed stamped envelope and we get it. We'll send a sticker or two to you. Um, and also, you know, we try to have them in person in mm-hmm. addition to uh, some new things that you made. Yes, I am very low on stickers because I did manage to give away quite a few at Panic Fest. In addition to gave away quite a few of our buttons and made us some new friends and hopefully some new listeners. Hopefully people that picked them up didn't just go, I like cats and never think about it again. But yeah, we have buttons. Uh, At this time, we're not really mailing them out. Maybe that'll change. We'll see. Until then, if you see me, I have some. And as soon as I can get some to Nick, he'll have some as well. I think I'm going to have to make more. That's how many I got rid of at Panic Fest. And I made more than I planned to make when I set out to do it. So <laughs> to make a few Success. more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, thanks for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage, and we can be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com if you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts or harass us for merchandise or tell us uh, why you completely 100% disagree with us on Renfield, and mm-hmm. I would love to hear that. Oh, and if you're new here because you picked up a random button at Panic Fest, say hi to us on those on those sites. Yes. We would love to hear from you and meet you. Um, also, all music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. Nick, where can they find you personally online? They can find me online on Twitter at NuthousePunks, on Instagram at Nicholas Mouse, uh, and you can find my writing uh, at the Kansas City Pitch and in Starburst Magazine and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and uh, the next issue of Starburst Magazine, I just turned a bunch of stuff in for, and you can read my upcoming interview with the directors of Wrath of Becky. Um, nice. 
when that issue comes out just in time for its official theatrical release in May. Exciting. Where can they find you, Julie? I am Dark Humor Girl everywhere you're looking, all one word, all spelled normal. Um, you can find my writing mostly right now at Downright Creepy, a little bit here and there, maybe at modernhorrors.com. Um, that's it. I'm everywhere. Well, I'm not everywhere. I'm Twitter and Instagram, Letterbox. Those are going to be your top places to find me. Oh, what is your Letterboxd? It is also Dark Humor Girl. Um, mine is from and inspired. Um, and I'm actually listening things, and I'm very proud of myself for that. Yay. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror, where we talk about the upcoming, uh, although probably will be in theaters by the time this episode drops, Evil Dead Rise, directed by Lee Cronin. What's it about? A woman finds herself in a fight for her life when an ancient book gives birth to bloodthirsty demons that run amok in a Los Angeles apartment building. All... And that feels like the tip of the iceberg. Uh, <laughs> all that and more on next episode. I'm so excited uh, to see that Me movie. Me too. Me too. So much good stuff. Halfway to Halloween is a real thing now. Oh, man. Yeah. We're getting so much good stuff this month. Regal has like sponsored ads about it, like about all the horror movies that are coming out in April and May. Like it's insane. Wow. Amazing. It's mainstream. And that doesn't even count everything Shudder's doing, which we didn't even get into. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.